For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Chip Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts. we got Chris Schubert floating around as a producer. We're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, who is the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest developments, including the latest odds in the NBA playoffs and even next season's futures. Don't forget the Major League Baseball season is back as well. Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAVE. That's B L E A V. Bet Online, where the game starts. Kyle, happy Monday to you. Happy post 2022 NFL uh, Monday to you. Uh, how are you? And please provide me with an answer that's at least 15 seconds long so I can get this cough out uh, with my oh, microphone. Yeah, be happy to uh, to help you out there. I am doing well. It feels very weird to be back in the office without the weight of all the work that goes into preparing for the draft and uh, writing a book. It's all in the, in the rearview mirror now, and I'm ready for a fun summer, both uh, professionally and personally. Personally? Yeah. You know. Nah. Nah, yeah. just just professionally. It's the same thing, right? So you just mean uh, like point, personally growing your football knowledge? Yeah, of course. At every step of, of the yeah, way, of course. We're on, on a couple. That's of all we do, yeah. right? Just just dance, monkey dance, right? Like we don't we don't enhance do my else. enhance my football knowledge on the golf course for sure. That'll definitely happen. <laughs> as well. Okay, hey Chris, how are you? Hello, guys. Behind the scenes here, working on some stuff, but I am here to help whenever it is needed. I just wanted to know how your drive back was on Saturday. Oh, okay. Obviously I can... we all packed packed up and and then spontaneously we were gonna stay Saturday night and then some flights got moved around and next thing you know it's like, Oh yeah, I'll be home at probably one o'clock and I did that ride up with you from Phoenix to Las Vegas. So I just wanted to see how that was. Yeah, it was good. Um did not did not get home at one in the morning, got home at around twelve thirty five ish. Uh, crushed it i put the pedal down a little bit uh nobody's on the road that late at night coming out of uh nevada into arizona but it was a nice drive everything went uh went good and we are back back in the office sir i saw how fast you were going on the way up i yeah, well we were very hesitant to know what put the pedal down means but i digress in case the fbi <laughs> is listening so we'll we'll go ahead and move on we're going to talk about the nfc east yep he said yep i'm gonna check out see you later uh, NFC East 2022 NFL Draft Class recaps today here on the show. Uh, Joe, we have them listed in uh, numerical order as far as when they got drafted, but then sorted alphabetically. So we have each draft class 
out in front of us now. We can see visually where each team made their selections. And we're talking about each class, and then we're going to say which one we like the most. All right, so let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, a lot yeah, of do that. a lot of discourse on the timeline from Cowboys fans, which is pretty much always the case. But Tyler Smith, their their lead pick at number twenty four overall. Some fans are questioning the pick. You know, I'm not. I, I like this one a ton. I think that Tyler Smith has an incredibly high ceiling to develop into. And Dallas has done well to develop their offensive line talent. And they had a few holes with saying goodbye to Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. And whether he's your starting left guard that eventually kicks out the left tackle once you move on from Tyron Smith. Maybe you like him at right tackle. Either way, I think that he's got a very high ceiling to develop into the NFL despite a guy that comes into the league with with some concerns in terms of what he needs to do to develop his handwork and his footwork and reduce the holding penalties and become a more consistent sustainer of blocks. But I think I think this dude has a really, really high ceiling to develop into. Okay, so let, let's run the gauntlet through the whole class, and then we'll, we could take this wherever we want for a few minutes. Tyler Smith at 24 in the first round. Their second-round pick was Sam Williams, the pass rusher from Ole Miss. Wide receiver Jalen Tolbert of South Alabama at 88. Wisconsin tight end Jake Ferguson at 129. Matt Waletsko, offensive tackle North Dakota at 155. Defensive back Deron Bland from Fresno State at 167. Linebacker Damon Clark, LSU, 176. Uh, defensive tackle John Ridgeway, Arkansas, 178. And Devin Harper, linebacker, Oklahoma State, 193. So I, mean, I, I, I definitely... I like what they got late in this draft. If you told me in day four you get Jake Ferguson, Matt Willetsko, Damon Clark, and John Ridgeway, I think you you crush day three as far as I'm concerned. Understandably, Willetsko is a developmental tackle. Understandably, Ridgeway is not a three-down player. Understandably, Damon Clark has the, the neck issue. You're probably not going to see him at all this year. Uh, understandably, Jake Ferguson's athletic profile is – not the sexiest in the world, but like I think every one of those two guys, plus a couple of guys that I personally did not get around to watching in Bland and Harper, and I need to get eyeballs on, they can ball, right? And then obviously the, the questions that exist with the high ceiling players early in the draft with Tyler Smith and Sam Williams, like Sam Williams has off the field questions and, and his ability to play the run, I think is much more of a question versus his ability to rush the passer. I think he can be an impact pass rusher. And you already mentioned Tyler Smith and Jalen Tolbert's like a solid double. So I, I look at this draft class and if we were to put it in baseball terms, like I would say this is a double off into the corner. You know, it's not a double off the wall, the deep center field that was like, wow, you almost hit it out completely out of the park. But this is a rock solid draft for my mind. When I look at the talent and I'm mindful of my comfort, Jake Ferguson was Dalton Schultz tied in on the roster and Damon Clark. You think about what he can fulfill taking over for Leighton Vander Esch when they let him presumably go this off season. And we talked on the draft show about how they needed a big body defensive tackle to go with all the rotational penetration types they have inside there. And they got that in John Ridgeway and, and Tolbert to replace Cedric Wilson might be an upgrade. If we're being honest, 
there's a lot to like here. It's just not, oh my God, I can't believe you stole the draft this year. Yeah, and I think a really clear path to all of their picks making or carving out a role. I especially love John Ridgeway, getting him at 178, player that we valued in the third round. And they really didn't have a player like this on their roster. They have some penetration style guys, some quicker guys, some players that, you know, that can play in the four eye and, and work into interior gaps, but not a not a true guy that could play in the A gaps and eat space and reset the line of scrimmage as a run defender. So I really like how he can help this defense in ways that they don't have currently on the roster. And you mentioned Jake Ferguson, who I think is a rock solid developmental tight end that can be a depth player and give you some of the things you had before Schultz emerged, right? You kind of have the old version of Schultz as a depth player. And then the good version of him is your lead tight end. And, and, and really we both love Matt. Well, let's go as a developmental tackle. So, it's a really rock solid draft all the way around and, and and some real potential in Smith and Williams at the top to really elevate into really, really high impact players. I, I just realized I completely forgot because we've been doing the podcast together the last week that we're in a video studio and anybody who watches this YouTube stream is going to watch me just have a complete coughing fit with my camera on. So. Well, at least your sound Apologies. wasn't on. I think that's the big wind. The big wind is that you did not yeah. have the sound on. Yeah, nobody just nobody watched the YouTube video today. Um, you want to talk about the Giants? Because I I wrote the Giants recap. Oh wow! Okay, uh, today you've already done it for the Draft Network. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I I'll, did do, this I'll do the gauntlet. I'll do the gauntlet on the picks and turn it over to you for the high level thoughts. Uh, Bless. K- <laughs> this is quite a few picks here. Kayvon Thibodeau 11. at number four, Edge, Oregon. Evan Neal, offensive tackle, number, Alabama. Number, number five. Number five overall. Why, uh, why'd you say that? Oh, I'm looking at our at our rank. Yeah, See, my don't, eyes look, are don't look at the spot. ranking. Look at the look in the the right. Not the I, left. number five for Kayvon Thibodeau, seven overall. Evan Neal. Then they got Wandell Robinson, wide receiver, Kentucky at 43, 67 interior offensive lineman Josh Eziudu from North Carolina, 81 Cordell Flott, cornerback LSU, tight end Daniel Bellinger at, out of San Diego State at 112, at 114 Iowa safety Dane Belton. Micah McFadden, Illinois linebacker at 146. DJ Davidson, uh, defensive tackle from Arizona at 147. Marcus McKeithen, offensive lineman, North Carolina at 173. And then lastly, Darian Beavers, linebacker, Cincinnati at 182. Now, I'm sure you you can appreciate why I corrected you, because if you stayed on the left-hand column, you'd say, yeah, I think about all these are very reasonable relative to how we saw the players, because it's our grades for the players and not where they got picked. Right. Um, I ha- I have a hard time giving too hard, a, a, too stiff of a grade to a draft that got a couple likable players on day three, but more importantly, got I think an impact starter on both sides of the ball. Now you got them at five and seven, but I digress. I as I went through and I try not to just be that guy who's going to look at the draft and say, Oh, you didn't pick the best players. Like you should have picked X and Y and Z instead. I tried to go through and contextually look at, okay, who got picked where, who was still on the board that I could envision a similar role for. And what was the demand for those kinds of players? So Wandale Robinson is an example. And when I wrote the recap, I said, I hate that I'm going to hammer this pick. Because I like Wandale Robinson. I personally had him 86th. We consensus had him ranked 90th. But you picked him at 43, 
when John Mechie went the very next pick and you pick four times between that pick at 43 and when Calvin Austin got drafted to the Steelers in round four. So if you told me you were going to draft an undersized, shifty slot receiver who can create with the ball in his hands and you needed to maybe have some manufactured opportunities for, I see ample opportunities to go a different direction at 43 and not draft Ron- Wandale Robinson at that spot relative to how we perceive him and the alternative options that were available. Never mind the fact that you, and this is not Joe Shane and Brian Dable's fault, but you drafted this player last year in the first round, and you're trying to get rid of this player now. But you've drafted effectively his replacement, but didn't get him off the roster first. So all of those dominoes combined, I felt like that was a missed opportunity. I really like Cordell Flott, but he's a sub-180-pound nickel defender. And that's a tough sell at 81, especially when you have the safeties that they do in Xavier McKinney, and they just drafted Dane Belton, and they have Julian Love. Like, you you got guys that can play in the slot with your safety room. So all of those things combined made it surprising for me that Cordell Flott was the pick at 81. So I look at day two, and I do feel like there were, I would have made different decisions. I understand why they made the choices that they did, but as I with some of the benefit of hindsight, look over where the other alternatives to those players that they picked got drafted and what the demand was for them. I thought that was where I felt they little left a little meat on the bone because I like Bellinger to them at 112. It was probably their starting tight end right off the jump. I like Dane Belton as a, a third or fourth safety and a special teams guy. I like Micah McFadden as a, a sub-package blitz player. Uh, I like DJ Davidson as a, a rotational plug for them inside at 320 pounds. Like I like a lot of what they did, but I thought day two was kind of forcing needs instead of drafting the best options, uh, which surprised me a little bit given that we were in year one of a regime here. Yeah, forcing needs with players that I think were not good values to be completely honest. But I mean, to their credit, they came away with two rock solid picks in KT and Evan Neal with their first two. Now they're picking five and seven. Right. So like you should come away with talent like that. But yeah, the rest of the way is is a little bit underwhelming for me as well, Kyle. I really liked Easy Udo. Uh 67 overall is kind of kind of early in my opinion. Um, but he does provide some versatility for them at guard and tackle and, and maybe even a guy that can start pretty early on. Uh Daniel Bellinger you commented way, D- on him. Dylan Parham was on the clock at sixty seven. Yeah, I would have much rather preferred him, but uh, yeah. I digress. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, I think, is going to make an impact as a blocker right away, and he's got good athleticism and, and strong, confident hands to develop as a pass-catching threat. So those those were two of my favorite picks outside of their top two, um, and I think they got appropriate value for Bellinger, and I, I would have liked the value differently for Easy Udo. But um, overall, I mean... I guess the other exception that I take here is I don't really love the investments in premium spots as the draft unfolded, right? Like you're, you, to me, they could have done even more in, in certain areas. Um, and you know, Wondell Robinson at 43 is just really, really high for a guy with his physical profile. And, you know, just not a lot of guys at his size that are making an impact in the NFL. Uh, they can use him in the ways that they use Isaiah McKenzie in Buffalo. 
But like you said, it's like, well, are you going to make things work with Kadarius Tony? Because if so, you really didn't need this player. Questions after the first two picks, I think is pretty fair. Want to tell you about our friends over at Auto Approve. Most people are paying way too much on their vehicle loan. And in 2021, Auto Approve customers saved on average $164 per month. They offer auto refinancing, motorcycle refinancing, and auto lease purchasing. Take your tailgate to the next level with more money in your pocket. Not only will they save you thousands on your auto loan, but for all of our listeners that refinance through Auto Approve, they will send you $100 cash to your mailbox. They help you lower your monthly payment. They talk you through every step, and they even handle the DMV paperwork. They never mark up rates. The rate the lender offers is the rate that gets passed on to you. With auto-approved, vehicle owners can lower their monthly payment, get a better rate, or both. Imagine saving thousands on your car payment and what you can do with that money. Maybe you want to do some renovations around the house. Maybe you want to take a vacation. Maybe you're like Joe and I, and in the summertime, you want to play a little more golf. All of that is possible with Auto Approve. To find out how much you can save and to claim your $100 cashback offer, visit autoapprove.com slash belief. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia drafted Jordan Davis at 13. Uh, defensive tackle from Georgia after trading up to get to 13. They then traded their second first round pick for wide receiver AJ Brown. I think that's an important note here. Uh, Cam Jurgens, center from Nebraska at 51. Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia at 83. And then a couple of sixth round picks, Kyron Johnson, hybrid linebacker from Kansas, and tight end Grand Calcaterra. Uh, at 198 from SMU. I think when you talk about the Eagles draft class, you have to look at it through the lens of how they use their resources to help their football team. And and, and that includes including A.J. Brown into this conversation where, you know, not only did they get him for what I thought was a fair return, but also a really reasonable contract for a player that I think is one of the best receivers in the game. And so I, I love that for them. And you can see the vision here. Like, I don't love Jordan Davis. Everybody knows that. But for their style of play, for what he's going to mean for a guy like N'Kobe Dean, who they stole later on in the draft, and how he's going to help their linebacker play overall, and you know, playing off of some of those other defensive linemen that they have, I can really see the vision there. Cam Jurgens, the center from Nebraska, is a great stylistic fit as a guy that can eventually succeed Jason Kelsey, right? You feel like there's a very natural parallel between the skill sets and how he can help this football team. Kyron Johnson, Kansas linebacker, is one of my favorite day three prospects that I think will be an impact special teamer that has a lot of appeal uh, as a as an off-ball linebacker. I like him as a Sam. Played a lot of defensive end for Kansas, but this guy's really physical and explosive in terms of athleticism where I just think he needs to settle into a position and develop, and there's a lot to like there. So I think they did a good job of maximizing their resources and getting players that – help them in clear areas where they needed some upgrades. And, you know, I'm sure you'll comment a bit more on Nicobe Dean, but you know, that's robbery at pick 83. Yeah. Um, I know that the, the big question with Nicobe was how he would play uh, leaving the Georgia defense, right? Well, he gets to go to yeah. Philadelphia and play behind Jordan Davis and play behind Fletcher Cox and play behind Milton Williams. And they got, plenty of horses up front. You feel really good about their ability to keep them clean. I know the uh, the question is whether or not Dean 
with his medical situation, turning down surgery is, is going to be full go for this season. And that certainly contributed to the tumble. I wouldn't have been surprised if he ended up going into JOK range without some of the medical stuff, you know, fall yeah. out of the first round, late forties, early fifties. Well, we got an extra round of a fall here and, and for Philadelphia a team that traditionally has not coveted and invested heavily in the linebacker position to go get a guy like this and take advantage of the medical questions and tumble. I think it has a chance to really prove dividends for them long-term. It's a good value. Yeah. No question at that point. So good job of maximizing their resource. Yeah. Let's move on to Washington. I'll, I'll do the gauntlet here. It looks like some nice, uh, easy to pronounce names. So thank you, Washington. The commanders at 16 (laughs) after uh, trading back, they come away with wide receiver Jahan Dotson out of Penn state. Second round pick 47, defensive tackle Fidarian Mathis out of Alabama. Number 98 overall, running back Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. Safety Percy Butler out of Louisiana at pick 113. Sam Howell, the quarterback, North Carolina, 144. Cole Turner, Nevada tight end, 149. Chris Paul, uh, not the basketball player, the, the offensive lineman from Tulsa at 230. And Christian Holmes, uh, corner from Oklahoma State at 240 overall. Well, I, it would be very easy for me to talk about Jahan Dotson or Brian Robinson as guys that we've kind of gone to bat for, or Sam Howell in the fifth round. And I think that's a whole separate conversation as far as why Sam Howell was there in the fifth round. But how about Percy Butler, my guy, special teams ace. Joe's on the draft show oozing, ooing, and eyeing over punters and holders and kickers and I'm here to tell you that specialists can go as early as 113 to our nation's capital. And that's what happened. Um, Percy Butler, I, I love what he projects as, as a core special teams player for you. Uh, I, we're going to mark this up as a victory for the good guys. Um, specialist uh, who I don't really see a, a high ceiling for, and, and certainly not the kind of role that you envisioned for Dotson or, potentially Brian Robinson or Fidarian Mathis if they do transition away from Deron Payne, as has been reported. So uh, there's plenty of storylines at the top, but this Butler is one of my favorite players, even though he wasn't a super highly graded player. Look at you starting. Anytime you got to start off the draft class uh, and talk about their special team safety at 113, you got to, you got to love the angle there, Kyle. Um, It's interesting to me how much they wanted a receiver. You know what I mean? Like, they we we figured they wanted a receiver. All of our conversations told us that they wanted a receiver, and um, they they came away with a really exciting option that I think complements Terry McLaurin and you know Deami Brown and Curtis Samuel. I, I like that they're pr- prioritizing guys that can run routes and separate, and, and I think that's kind of a thing that rings true with all of these receivers. Now, I think Fidarian Mathis at forty seven is very questionable to me. Um, you know, I, nose tackle through and through that struggles to get off blocks, doesn't really have much in the way of athleticism. I, I know that some of those things were said about the Ron Payne, but maybe, you know, Payne's a good athlete that has rush ups. I don't think Fidarian Mathis can really impact the quarterback. Um, but I, I really like them getting Sam Howell, especially at 144, where, look, if, if he hits, you got yourself a, a nice steal, but it, it doesn't come with much expectation, right? He wasn't, a, he wasn't even a second round pick or a third round pick. This is a fifth round. And so it takes the pressure off of him. He can just come in, develop, takes the urgency off from playing right away. And 
gives Washington a worthwhile depth player at, at quarterback that may turn into a steal down the road. I, and I like Christian Chris Paul as a developmental offensive lineman. So some likable things here, um, some picks later on that I really enjoyed. And, um, you know, Jahan Dotson, one of our collective favorite players in this class. I love that they took Brian Robinson top 100 too. Uh, I know Washington fans probably don't love that with McKissick coming back and what you have there with Antonio Gibson and probably feels redundant, but keeping McKissick out of the RB2 role through and through if Gibson goes down, I think is a big win. And uh, I think Robinson can have some really valuable contributions to that offense as far as a downhill hammer. So, yeah, I, I... if I if you ask me to look at the top three picks that were actually made, I would probably covet it over what Dallas got. No, that's not true. That's a lie. Can't covet it over Thibodeau and Neal. And I don't think I can covet it over Philadelphia. It's it's a solid group, but it might be the the worst one, two, three. And I say, use that word very subjectively uh, because I, I do like the one, two, three, but you know, I'm not a big math, this guy. Can I, let me make a comment. Cause you talked about uh, Brian Robinson stepping in uh, to this lineup. Let's not forget Antonio, uh, Antonio Gibson fumbled the ball five times last year. You know, who didn't fumble the ball at all last year. Brian Robinson on 271 carries including, you know, a handful, 35 receptions. So over 300 carries or right at 300 so carries, you, 300 touches. You, no you, you've put Antonio Gibson on on notice. He's on oh, watch. One billion percent. Because not only not only did he fumble the football, but he just kind of lost his effectiveness at times. I think Brian Robinson's really going to eat into this this running back situation for sure. And he, sh- and he should, especially if he's going to be a more reliable ball handler. Okay, so now comes the least enviable part of these shows. Right. We have to rank these we just draft choose classes to piss off one people. through four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm wrestling over it, but I have a I have a list in order. I think Philly has to be one if you're including AJ Brown as an addition in the class. Oh, that's that's right. Yep, that's where it gets tough for me. If you include, if we're including AJ Brown, which we should, because it's a it's it's a factor of how they use their resources, right? Then I'm, I'm good with that. To me, I will go with Philly number one. Okay. Um, see, I would give the giants and, and probably Dallas both B's. It's a question of one's a B all the way through and one's an A at the top. And then probably a C C minus through the rest of it. I'm putting the Giants squarely at number four. I, I mean, rock solid top two picks, but they're number two picks at anybody four. in this division. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. One through four. The Giants are four. That. I'm not going to over reward them for having two high picks and picking players that everybody should have picked. Like, good job. You didn't screw that up. But I don't love anything else the rest of the way. I mean, but I like the fruits of the labor with the their- draft class. Like, those, those two players, those contributions to that team, yes, they were layups, but they're still going to probably outperform the vast majority of the names on this list in general. Right. I, I, I recognize that I'm expecting those guys to be impact starters for the New York giants. But I, I, again, I just want to be careful to not 
like, oh my God. Like when we talk about the Jets and the Jets did a good job, we'll get there tomorrow. But I'm not going to over celebrate the Jets because they had three picks in the top 40. Like you should get four. They got four picks. In the top, you should get really good players. Okay. I'm going to put Dallas at two and then I'm going to put the Giants at three. And so your number four is Washington? Yes. I, I, I love Jahan Dotson. Brian Robinson is going to eat into the, the, the carry share. As you mentioned, we've well established throughout the course of this cycle that I wasn't huge on Fidari Mathis. I think he's a fairly easy skill set to find in different places in different rounds throughout the draft. And the most complimentary thing I had to say from the very jump was celebrating a special teams guy in Percy Butler. See, I'll, I'll I like choose to celebrate I, I, a little bit more. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. They're going to be three for me. They're going to be three. I have it. I have it. Uh, Philly, Dallas, Washington, Giants. You are going to get ethered for putting the Giants behind Washington. What's wrong with my process? What's wrong with my reasoning for getting there? Your your process is fine, but you know people are not going to apply going to apply context. Okay, to well, it. I'll just go back out onto the golf course and move on with my life. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like right. yell at me for putting the giants at number four. I don't really care. So I'll, I'll, if I need to get a hold of you, I'll text you. I won't tweet at you. <laughs> right. Okay. No, but this is the, mo- <laughs> this division is the most passive aggressive division collection of fans in the, in the entire NFL. Right. There's no right. question about it. Um, it doesn't matter who I put for. Someone's going to be pissed off. Right. Well, that's fine. I've had plenty so of kind things one. to say about the Giants. We both have Philly 1 and Dallas 2. That's right. Because we're including A.J. Brown as, as a part of their draft class. You have to. You have to. Yeah, he was an, he was an acquisition this weekend. Right. And then With we resources have, from this draft. Th- we have the Giants in Washington flip-flopped at 3 and 4. If you, so I'll say this, though, if, you want, if you want to do the thing where you take away A.J. Brown, put Dallas at 1 and Philly at 2 for me. If we're counting A.J. Brown, he, then the Eagles are yeah, 1. Because I mean, then, Kyle, I, we have to do this. We have to do this thing every time where we do the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill counts. When we do the, the Broncos, Russell Wilson counts. You know what I mean? They, they should. Well, so, I, also, those those players weren't acquired on draft weekend. Right. But if I'm going to make the, so the case, not. it's about how you use your draft capital to like influence your football team, then they have to. So there you go. I gave you two different sets there. Great. That's outstanding. Also outstanding, we are back in the saddle. we got a full week ahead of us recapping divisionally the draft classes, so make sure you're playing accordingly. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks for checking out the Draft Dudes Podcast. Make it a good one. Talk with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.